Hey everybody, this is Dan from Second Nature, and you're listening to Sales and Enablement, the podcast. The show that brings sales and enablement together in one room with my co-host, Crystal Nicosi, to talk about the totally functional and normal working relationship between sales and enablement in today's SaaS world. Grab some popcorn, head a pop, sit back, and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is Dan Reynolds, co-host of the Sales vs. No, 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 Sales and Enablement podcast. I'm the sales side of this wacky equation. Crystal, what are you doing here? I am the enablement um, half, uh, the better half, I would say. Um, the enabling half, your favorite enabler. Uh, and we have an amazing guest today, Dan. Um, I have been super excited to talk to her and bring her on the show for so long. Um, she and I have done many a project together, uh, but I will let her introduce herself. Thank you. So all the way from the UK. So my name's Danny Mathers, and I am a leadership and sales enablement coach. So covering a little bit of a, both the areas that both you guys play in. And I guess, what do I do? So the best way to explain what I do is I try and bridge the gap between leaders and sales reps. And the way in which I do that is I help leaders become better coaches, because if you're a better coach, the outcome of that is a more engaged workforce. And the outcome of a more engaged workforce is more productivity and better performance. So when I say bridge the gap, it really is bringing them both together, creating a synergy, creating alignment and an overall engaged organization. Yes, I love that, Danny. And, you know, it, it, coaching is like one of my favorite things is enablement. So I'm super excited to, you know, to really dig into this. Um, so I, I guess my, you know, what I want to know is, you know, why, why, why coaching? Why did you decide to, to really focus on this? I know you have a lot of, you know, different pillars of the enablement background, but, you know, why coaching? What was so important to you? And, and, to do this? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. It's probably a similar reason to why many people get into the, the coaching space. And when I look at my, my history or my career, so I've had over 20 years experience in sales, which is the reason why I look so it's not just kids that have done this, it's working in sales for over 20 years. But when like throughout my career, I had, you know, I've worked for multiple different companies, I've had the privilege of doing so, but I've also experienced lots of different leaders. Some really good and some, I don't know how you can categorize them, but not so good. And I guess what I always wanted to strive to be is nothing like the bad leaders that I've had, because what I really, what I experienced when I was with a leader that I just couldn't really follow, just didn't really believe in, it really affected me day to day. And when I was with the leaders that really inspired me, I was the best I could possibly be. And the theme from the bad leaders was quite consistent and a lot of that is based on really kind of coaching and really getting to understand you as a person and really getting to understand your areas of whether it's a skills gap whether it's the you know the the areas of growth then when I became a leader I had such a I guess a bit of a chip on my shoulder that I just don't want to be like them I just don't want to be like them must have had quite a bad must have triggered me had quite a bad effect on me and I thought, well, who I, I don't, you know, I've, I've kind of fallen into being a leader. You know, I was an individual compu- uh, contributor, moved into leadership. 
thought, well, who am I? Like, who am I to say whether I can really coach a team? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I know I know how to get deals over the line. I know how to work closely with people. I know how to build relationships. But what do I really know about the part that's fundamental to leadership? So what I then went off to do is went to university and studied for a couple of years doing coaching and leadership. So I thought, if I want the best out of my team, I've got to also give them the best of me. And to give them the best of me, I need to make sure that I've got the tools, I've got the capabilities to to really be there and support them. So when I did my coaching mentoring degree, all it gave me was the frameworks, the tools, the techniques that I could then apply to practice. And I was constantly reiterating, constantly reflecting to ensure that I was really growing this team to their full capacity. And from then, my I guess my my love and passion for coaching just grew and grew and grew. And just really try, like just understanding people and the mechanics of the way your brain works and the way you operate. So I just kind of went off in this tangent of, actually, I just love, I just love the coaching element. I just, that's what I want to do. I, I want to develop people. I want to save lives. Yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of went off on my own mission and just and then started working with people individually. And I think when you've got this real burning desire to help people, and I guess that's the reason why, you know, when you're in leadership positions or in sales enablement, you just want to keep giving. You just want to keep helping. You want to keep developing. So when you pick those attributes and put it into one package, for me, that was coaching. So, yeah, that's it's just kind of gone on from there, really. I love it. I, I love it. And and yeah, I mean, it's all about, you know, that that's for me as well. It's all about the development of people, lifting them up. Um, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing when, you know, when I can see some significant improvement and they can see significant improvement in themselves. Um, and it just makes them happier human being. And I, that's the, absolutely why I, so we're the same. We're kind of the same. That's it. That's why we get on so well, Crystal. I know. But I think also as well, there's no better feeling. So, you know, when people hit their, when you're working with a team and they hit their targets, but you know, they get to the end of the end of the quarter and they're literally like crawling across the floor because they're so burnt out. And you're like, yeah, well done. You're my team. And you, you, you hit your targets, but you've got this team that are literally like crawling because they can barely stand. But for me, that I, di- I didn't get a sense of reward for that. But the reward I get is when people have these like light bulb moments, when they have this, when they go through this transformation, they're like, Danny, you've just changed my world. Like, I just feel so different now. I feel like I've got this new direction. That is what brings me joy. So yeah. it's making people feel like they have their own purpose. But quite often you can't really go on that journey alone. You need to. It's like that seek professional help. Uh, you need to I think if you think of your head like a, like a, a freeway motorway in the UK you have so much distraction going on so much noise that it's quite difficult to cut through that and actually work on yourself because you just put yourself last all the time you're like I'm a leader I'm a coach I've got to make sure everybody else is fine and you never look after yourself yeah. whereas buckle your seatbelt first people yep that was actually going to go into, you know, uh, and I'm sorry, Dan, cut me off if you like. Seriously, uh, like, what is this? Who's like, Dan why anyway? Why's Dan even here? I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I was about to excuse myself because the kids are having trouble with the Netflix. Like, I'm going to have to go help see if it's sorted <laughs> out. And I am, I am going to leave in a minute, but I'll be back. But before I do, I just, there's two, there's two directions that that I, well, I would like to speak about one is coaching the coach right that's what we're talking about here and it just doesn't happen like if you're telling me Danny that you actually went to school to learn to do this for two years that puts you in the top point zero zero 
1% uh, of, 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 of coaches out there because I don't know. I mean, I have... I haven't been like I've been working in with SaaS startups in high tech for about ten, eight to ten years now, and there's never been a coach, there's never been a manager who was promoted from the floor that had any instruction on how to manage, coach, yeah. lead, train. It didn't happen. Period. And then you, and then, and then it's like you know half your experience or whatever percentage of your experience was with bad coaches or bad leaders and managers. It's like it's no wonder you and, and it's not their fault, you know. Like exactly. they, they were the top, they were the top AE, they got promoted. Yeah, yeah. They're not gonna say no. Well, anyway, so the one half is coaching the coaches, and I think we can spend some time talking about that because that's all super interesting. But then I think there's also this thing about you know about there being a stigma about having a sales coach. Because yeah. isn't that what the isn't that what your manager is there for? Isn't that isn't that part of like what's expected as when you sign up for a role? Yeah, and it's a, it's a it's a really good point, and you're right that there is so much stigma around it because you feel like even if somebody says you need to go for sales coaching, it's like oh they don't think I'm good enough because it like like everybody should have coaching. It does it doesn't matter what competence competency level you're at, everybody should have it. But the problem is with with sales coaches. So you're if, if it's if you want to be a better seller, you will go and have a sales coach. But actually, and sales coaches are trained to make you better at sales. Yep. But that's where it ends, just sales. So if you're a normal human and you carry the weight of your world, like we all do, there may be other stuff that's going on inside that's also preventing you from being maybe a top performer or really good at sales. But a sales coach isn't trained and is not equipped to help you through that. They're only, you know, they're helping you through deal reviews and getting on the getting on the phone and cold calling. But what about you've got this real nasty inner critic that's stopping you from picking up that phone? How equipped are they at really peeling back and understanding what's stopping you from doing that? It's almost like you just need to try again. Don't look at look fear in the face. Try again. <laughs> right. Right. But there's so much work that needs to be done. And I think sometimes that's why, in a way, sales coaching can have a bad reputation because it's this kind of you know, this boiler room feel of you just got to get out there and sell, sell, sell. And we're going to be sat next to you watching you doing role plays. And then it creates this, ah, yes. Whereas actually, if you just bring in, if you have coaches that come in to really work and develop people, you will see a different side of them because they're breaking through their own barriers, which they're not going to tell you about, but they will tell a professional. Boom. I mean, yeah. we may as well just end. Should we just end the episode right there, Crystal? <laughs> we think mic drop. But it's so true. I mean, that inner negative voice. I don't know anybody that. And to your point, who actually talks about this kind of stuff? Unless you're lying on the couch paying somebody five hundred bucks yeah. an hour, right? Like, whoever talks about their feelings and why they aren't doing the job. But really, like, it's not sales is hard, but it's not, it's not easy, right? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard, but it, it can be, it, it, but it can look really simple, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah. this is what you're supposed to do. Call, yeah. call, smile, demo, yeah. influence, yeah. multi-thread. Like it's all, it's, there is, there is a, you can write down the steps you need to do to be successful. It's not a That's secret. It. Yeah, There's yeah. no secret, but. Yeah. 
And I think the, you know, the, the thing is, it might be stuff that, so if you're, so if you're having a, a bad quarter, okay, let's bring in a sales coach and let's get you to, to be better. But actually the, the concerns or the issues or whatever's preventing you from doing your job might be related to, could be your boss. It could be some of your peers. It could be the values of the company. So it could be so many other um, internal, external topics or themes that that's preventing you but again it's something that you wouldn't that wouldn't be extracted from a normal sales coach yeah yeah Yeah. and you wouldn't want to anyway right like yeah yeah I'm I I am the sales equation of this podcast like that's why I'm here to talk about you know what what it's like from my perspective and why would I want to talk to any of those things you know to my leader I wouldn't I don't well that's it Dan it's like you speaking to a bet about your arthritis you wouldn't, would you? Yeah. Well, that's in your got arthritis, Dan. I'm just playing with you. Right. <laughs> just a matter of time. He's like, oh, she yeah. knows. She knows. It's coming. So, so if, if there's a sales rep, right? And, you know, you we've all had bad leadership, right? And, and it is probably one of the most difficult things to do. Um, you know, you know, you want feedback, you know, you want to improve your skill set, but you don't feel comfortable, right? Approaching your leader. Um, you don't feel, or even, you know, just whoever, whoever is maybe even a mentor, right? You're like, maybe rethinking, do I really want this person to be my mentor? So, uh, you know, as a sales rep and, uh, you know, let's say they have a, a, a leader that isn't supportive and they don't feel comfortable. What are some steps that they can take? How can they, how can they, you know, really just open up those lines of communication and, um, you know, what are, what are some steps that they can take to, to improve that and make sure that they're getting the appropriate feedback? And there's, you know, there's, there's a, a couple of things in that really. And, you know, a, a lot of that is built on, and again, sometimes these sort of things you can't work through on your own, but a lot of that is having the courage to have these tough conversations. And it literally is find your voice. Because, you know, if you look at the, the retention issues that organizations have at the moment, a lot of that is down to the workforce reps, who, whoever works for the organization, not feeling comfortable to find their voice, to actually feedback to a leader because they've got them on this pedestal. Whereas you know, we are all humans. And actually if leaders were made aware of some of their short, shortcomings, then maybe they could change for the next person and the next person or, or, or the company in its entirety. But it's because people don't speak up and then leave. And then the next person comes in and they don't speak up and then leave. So actually it just takes that courageous person to have a tough conversation. And if you look at it as, you know, we have to have tough conversations with our prospects, with our customers. That, you know, that's part of our job. We have to have tough conversations. So if you think of it as a, you know, a practice mindset that, I want to get used to having tough conversations. I'm going to start with my leader. If you can get through a tough conversation with your leader, you're setting yourself up for successful life because you'll be able to have it with anybody. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's all about the positioning. So if if I was a sales rep and I had a leader, I thought, okay, and we, we've all been in these positions. And you know, I've I wish I did this many years ago. So again, you live and you, you you live and you learn, and you you understand what you would do differently next time. So if I was a sales rep, I and I knew there's something fundamental that this leader wasn't doing on a regular basis, and everybody else felt it. I would say I'd like to have a, a, an honest conversation with you because I'm going on a development journey at the moment, and I'm working with could be that I'm working with a coach, and part of my action is to gain feedback and to give feedback. 
And I want to feel comfortable doing that because at the moment it makes me feel uncomfortable. So do you mind being part of this, this action that I have, this action phase that I have so that I can give feedback and get comfortable? Because at the moment I feel uncomfortable where I can become more comfortable giving feedback. Are you okay to do this with me? If any leader as part of leadership, any good leader or any leader has to ha- has to receive feedback. Like it's part, I would almost question if you've got a leader that doesn't say, right, okay, it's this once a month period, I need some feedback from you. What am I doing well? Where can I improve? If your leaders aren't doing that now, question them. It's so important for everybody concerns. But if it's not happening, be that brave person. Be the courageous person that says, can you help me with this task? I need to get more comfortable giving feedback and receiving. So it's a win-win for you because firstly, you're getting feedback and all feedback all feedback helps growth. So they will have to give it to you. And if they're not all doing that already, then boo to them, they should be. And the second point is even, even giving, saying those words and giving it to somebody that you know, you know they, could, they could improve on that is, is very difficult. So you're challenging yourself and you're letting them hear something that they need to hear. But there's... There's a number of tools that you can actually use. And again, if you're in, in terms of kind of really creating good feedback loops and it's all about, you know, I guess when you're looking at salespeople, it's which salesperson is really using their initiative, who's really pushing through the boundaries and doing things that are different within the team, because you want to make yourself visible when you're when you're in sales. You want the you know, you want the leadership team to look down at you and say, what is this person doing that's different to everybody else? So you can be the one that brings a cadence of feedback loops and there's a there's a a model that you can use again it's an oldie but normally the oldies are goodies anyway it's been around for decades but it's called the jahari window Mm -hmm. so it's a framework you've probably come across it many times but it really helps in these environments where you know you're you really want to give this feedback a little bit oh it feels a a little bit tense feels a bit uneasy so you can start doing it with your peers to begin with because again your peers are great people to give you feedback but bring in your leader bring in your leader to do this this kind of um, feedback loop which you might do on a maybe you do it quarterly maybe you do it monthly and I'll just very quickly take you through the concept but it's so it's, it's a quadrant so you imagine four four boxes and in the top left box it's known to me and known to others so you kind of write in a, a couple of bullet points what do I know about myself that other people also know about myself and it could be I'm the one that's got the loudest cackle ah! like really loud, loud on, a, on a meeting I know that about myself and everybody else knows that Then you've got the bottom part, which is what's known to me, but others don't know. So it could be, okay. well, I actually really suffer with imposter syndrome. Other people wouldn't know it or I'm a real introvert. You know, I come across as really loud, but other people probably don't know that. And then the top right quadrant is the part that's probably the most meaningful in terms of breaking through your development or a leader's development. And it's the blind spot area. So it's what's not known to me, but is known to others. And that's where other people have to fill in that gap. Isn't that so valuable? That's so incredibly valuable. Like when So simple. Know, yeah. And it, it really, it really is. That's awesome. And again, because you're forced to write, you, ha- you can't leave the block, the bo- um, you can't leave the quadrant empty. So it forces people. So whether it's your peers, so again, a great exercise to do with your peers. So, right, let's do this Jahari window. Sit, sit, tell me what I don't know about myself. So you can make it fun and lighthearted. It doesn't have to be all really serious. But if you loop your leader in as well and that people are starting to write things down under the the blind spot area, there will be a consistent theme. I can guarantee if four people in the team have said you're uncompassionate, you're cold, you know, 
whatever it might be you know you're uh, you're always like distant or you know you never turn up to meetings on time there will be a consistent theme and if I was a leader any good leader would look at that and be like okay all right I might need to work on this There's a bit of a consistent theme here so again it's just there are so many ways in which you can try and give feedback to somebody that you think really needs it but that's just one kind of easy model to follow I love it. So you said you said there are so many ways. And, and, and this is where I think with my experience, these types of exercise have fallen flat. And it's because there is never consistency. Right. Yeah. It's like here is a either you got a new manager, or a new leader, you know, or they just came at the leaders came out of having like sales training or whatever. And then they do what you do this one exercise and it might have real value. But because, you know, it's like going to be a one off, it ends up just like everything's goofy about it, you know, and it just becomes a stupid icebreaker. And then like you're and then you dread it and then you do it. And then it's like, oh, well, that was kind of fun after all. But like, was there there, you know, where like was there real value there? Because then it never it doesn't happen again. Right. Yeah. Then you go a quarter, a half a year, a year. Yeah. yeah. And it's like you just don't get this. And then it just becomes that one off. And uh, I mean, listen, it's happened to me once a year for the last eight years. Yeah. And it's like, what? So it's in, and it's interesting. And I'll let you go in a minute. Whoever wants to talk next. <laughs> it's just about the consistency. I mean, I know you said it, it is. for another, in another context and I, I'm hearing a lot and we all know consistency is like one of the things, one of the pillars of success for everything in all of life. Yeah. But this is one of those things. So there's more exercises like this you got there, Danny? Well, I'll just mention one more <laughs> just because I, I absolutely love this one. And again, it's normally stuff that would be initiated um, or models that would be initiated by a leader. But again, you can have a, um, a feedback champion. So again, if you're really serious about your own growth, so it could be, you know, once a, once a month you sit with a peer and you say, listen into one of my calls and give me some honest feedback, because you're probably, if you've got trust with your peer, which you normally have in a team, maybe they're more likely to be, be a bit more honest. And again, you, you've, you've got to be that critical and give me the praise. But a model that I, I absolutely love uh, is called Radical Candor. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's by an author called Kim Scott, and it is just phenomenal and I've implemented this with with sales teams before and it just it it forces you to give feedback on a regular basis so going back to that consistency and having a a cadence about feedback it's almost implemented into your processes so for all the listeners watchers out there if you haven't read uh, Radical Candor I would 100% recommend you read and it is phenomenal for feedback but it's all about and again when when you read through it you can almost in your mind you're like oh yeah I've had a leader that gave feedback like that oh they're in that point oh yeah so you can you can clearly categorize people that have given you feedback before whether it's really sincere and there's actually meaning behind it because they want you to grow or if it's a bit off the cuff like oh yeah I know I need to do this for a tick box but if you're all working towards the same methodology you will get the best outcome. It's when, again, things aren't consistent. So you almost need a champion that's going to push it through. Do you think anybody out of the top percentage of reps or coaches slash leaders will ever do anything like this? Like, can you, who are you, who are you targeting? You know, like with, with what you're doing now, because everything that you're saying is great. And I, and I, and I know that like, when it gets implemented, the results are there. Like it's yeah. not, 
it's 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 like a secret, but it's not a but it's not yeah, a secret. Yeah. And I know that it's the same thing like with sales. And, and you know, there is you can write it down step by step, but if you do everything and you have good habits, you know, then you are going to be near the top. Um, and I guess that's what makes, you know, the best reps and the best leaders, the best is that they just consistently yeah. you know, do the things they need to do. Uh, who do you target? Are you targeting, like, how do you get buy-in from below the second tier? So there's, there's a couple of ways. So sometimes I get my way in through, uh, people coming to me independently. And then once they've had success, they'll then speak to the company and say, you need to get her in your company. This has really helped me. Uh, and other times it can just be, you know, I think for anyone to, uh, and it is the way it's framed, but to anyone to really decline the, like their own kind of self-development, I think we're just, move, we're kind of evolving into a world where it's just, it's almost become a necessity because of more remote working and we're just faced with more challenges to deal with things in a, you know, in a really, uh, just exhaustive state all the time it's, it's very difficult to get clarity so you're seeing more and more and more coaches being brought into businesses for that reason whereas I think even probably a couple of years ago it's almost more of a oh it's a luxury or or only the executives have have coaches it's really not like that now so I think the it's the adoption and buy-in is much more now because especially when you look at some of the bigger like enterprise companies and they're bringing in leadership coaches or just just coaches they kind of set the trends and then everybody feels they need to do it. Oh, they're using coaches for equality and for this and for that. So the bigger companies kind of start the trends and then it slowly, uh, slowly follows through. But it's like anything, isn't it? It's like, you know, we, we all know that we need to exercise to stay healthy. But when we're really busy, what's the first thing that we drop? We drop our exercise. Unless you have a personal trainer that you have to turn up for because you're paying a shitload of money that you're turning up for three times a week, then you go and you make time for it. And it's are the you same on, as are you leadership. on my schedule. Are you looking at my schedule again, Danny? <laughs> you doing it again? <laughs> but no, it's, it's exactly the same as, as as leadership, or even when you're in a very a, a very um, a very busy sales role. It's we're always going to be busy. There's always going to be a thousand things to do. But it's what you make time for for your own development, for your own, for your own head, headspace. So yeah, I think it's one of those things that unless it's scheduled in, of course you wouldn't do it. So I think that's the way you kind of, you overcome uh, dipping in and out or kind of, you know, going off piste. If you create that consistency by having reg like this regular interval, then you stay on track. That's awesome, Danny. You know, um, just one thing really quick. It it reminds me of um, just this post that I did on LinkedIn the other day. It might have been yesterday. Anyway, it was a little bit different, but the topic was, you know, everyone knows that tenured sales reps are typically the, the biggest offenders with not adopting enablement programs, right? And you understand, I mean, they're, you know, they're set, they're, 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 you know, achieving quota, they're, they're, they've got their method down. It's like, no, no, Crystal, I don't, you know, I'm good. I, I, I understand what you're doing is good, but I'm good. So if, and it's like, okay, how do you get these people to, to adopt the enablement programs? And one of the, the points that I brought out is accountability. And mm -hmm. um, the way that you do that is by, you've got to create something different for them. Um, for your tenured sales reps, a, a different curriculum altogether and give them sort of a fast track, right? Through that learning journey um, of whatever that program is and then engage them as SMEs for mm -hmm. the other reps and give them, hold, you know, hold them accountable um, to serving as a SME. Like, okay, you've got this down. I'm, I'm glad. Like here, 
help the organization out and help your peers out now. Um, you know, and obviously don't weigh them down, but I think adding in that, that consistent effort and, and that, you know, giving back, um, to, you know, to maybe reps who are less tenured gives mm-hmm. them the accountability. And I know when I have accountability, I am a hundred times more likely to do something, um, than if it's just left up to my own decision. Um, yeah. you know, like a, like a personal trainer, for example, yeah, yeah. Um, something like that. So yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think consistency, um, but accountability is, is huge as yeah. well. And again, on that kind of accountability and talking about adoption, it's, you know, we we live in a, a data driven world now and, and data doesn't lie. So when, when I, when I look at some of the projects that I've been brought into and it's, again, when you look at the data and you'll find this quite often, if you've got a leader that's just a bit overwhelmed and overworked and, uh, perhaps they're just kind of, you know, they're working backwards all the time, but they're trying to do a good job, but they just, maybe they're just under-resourced. When you look at the engagement of their team and you do like an EMPS score and they've got really low engagement, it's, okay, we're going to bring in a coach to do some additional work to help bring that engagement up. The data doesn't lie. So if I was a leader and, uh, and I was said, okay, we're going to give you some additional resource to help with the engagement of your team to really understand and, and, and peel it back and find out what really is going on. Why would you say no to that? No, no, I've got this, but we're looking at the EMPS scores and you've got really low engagement. Have you really got it? So, you know, sometimes it's, yay, come and help me. And other times it's like that whole, oh, my ego is a bit hurt. Bring an additional resource. But it's it's the positioning. It's how you position it because everybody feels like they're, you know, sometimes you get the rug pull, pulled from underneath your feet because you're just so busy and all of a sudden you've missed something. But what you don't want in an organization is a disengaged team. Hello, retention, like, scores come down so you know if you want to if you're if your company if you want a high performing company then you don't want high attrition rates you really want to ensure that you are giving the team the best that they can have and sometimes bringing in an external source or resource you can pick through it and really find out like what what's what's happening here tell me what's going on and it's yeah. because it's like, oh, I'm not going to get sacked by t- telling her because she's, she's not my boss. Sometimes people just open up more and you can resolve some of the issues that are burning them up inside because you give them a voice to articulate. Quite often, the reason why we can't get through our issues is because like, where's my voice? You just lose yeah. your voice. But you need to be it's, it's, it's just that kind of coaching that voice out. Yes. Dan. I know. Yes. I felt oh, I all something's coming from Dan. I feel it. He's got that <laughs> smile, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, it's all really good stuff. And I feel like whatever where we are now with the market, you know, being what it is, and 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 um, you know, everybody's like scrambling just to hold on, right? And mm. and it's like it's the dip and we're in the dip and the dip will end and we'll get back to where we need to be. But I think it's like things like what you're talking about are, you know, now is the time to start putting these things into motion uh, from an individual and from a company's uh, perspective, because like the only thing, the, the one thing that will get you through this, you know, is the discipline and knowing you have your voice you know, and trying to do the best, you know, be the best you, you know, just to to be the best. And if you're not being heard and you don't know how to, from, from our side, from my side, if you don't know how to express that, it's not going to happen. If you're a leader and you don't know how to, you know, have your team be comfortable with you and and expressing the things that they need to, 
then you're you are not going to succeed and it's all going to happen very fast now so i yeah. think that all of these you know all of these things that we're talking about on a good day they're important I, yeah. right now i think they're even they're they're it's just super uh it's elevated right now and i think everybody really needs to uh you know really listen to this podcast and really get, yes get they do it as much as you can and 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 they also need to you know start implementing these feedback loops and start thinking about you know having difficult conversations productive conversations and the right way to have these and the right way to frame it and i think you, they need to remove the stigma you know about asking for coaching or or you know and and doing yeah. these types of things yeah. where where can people find you danny what's going on in your world uh, LinkedIn. So I always respond to anybody on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn or Instagram, I have like LinkedIn is much more uh, text-based for me. If you want to see more videos, then uh, Instagram for more videos. So Danny Mathers. You're on Instagram also. I am. Yes. Okay, great. Why are you so wow. surprised? <laughs> they, don't <sighs> do, they don't really do Well, Dan does, but honestly, I, like not a lot of people, Israelis do Instagram. Am I right, Dan? Like, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm in my bubble here. I don't know what's going on around me. I'm just like, I do an Instagram <laughs> post. I, I actually did dip my toe into uh, TikTok recently. And uh, it's a How weird did that place. Go? Yeah, did it's weird. Like it's a, really weird. Like it's really weird. No, it's like, you just do some stupid video about nothing. And you got like 500 views, like literally right? about nothing. And it's like, wait a minute. What, how did I get 500? Who, who's looking at this? How would they, why would they want to look at this? Like, I don't even want to look at this. 500, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. 500, you get like three likes on a LinkedIn post. All of a sudden I'm on TikTok and I get 500. Well, I think, I think this is going to be uh, your, your next journey, Dan. Watch it. TikTok Dan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm into I'm a town near you. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Um, wow anyway thank you so much for your time danny that was great uh really really uh, informative and and uh that was great so people can find you on instagram and on linkedin danny mathers crystal any last words for today i'm glad she's my friend that's (laughs) (laughs) so it was awesome danny Uh, i really appreciate it um there is so much value that people can take away from this podcast Um, And I think if somebody were to just sit down with a notebook and take notes from this podcast, they could very easily implement some different ideas, um, even enablers, right? Some creative ideas and and how they can start building some of this into their whole, you know, strategic approach. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure and so much fun. (laughs) We're fun. We can't help it. Sometimes. Anyway, thank you. if you're still listening to this, you made it to the end of the show. Congratulations. We will see you next week. You've reached the end of another episode of Sales and Enablement, the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and feel free to connect with us on LinkedIn at Dan Reynolds and Crystal Nicosi.